crazy. My angry ghost killed that pack woman over and over. You're not the ghost. I'm not the ghost. You're the pack woman. I'm the pack woman. You're the pack woman. You are listening to Man Behind the Machine. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't care. Uh, no, no talking bad about uh, ZX Spectrum people. No, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. That was, that was half the ammunition I brought to this meeting. What the hell? <laughs> yeah. Nice. Right. Nice. Commodore. Yeah. Hey. Well. <laughs> no, I guess not. Uh, okay. Okay. You are Mr. Clone himself. Okay, cool. First time I've uh, actually spoken to you, I guess. Uh, cool. Hello. <laughs> Hi. Um, uh, there was something, oh yeah, um, I've got a friend, Jesse, up in Seattle that, uh, actually wrote a, uh, virtual machine for the Coco 3, I think, the Commodore, and some other computer. She may have written it for the Phoenix oh, right, yeah. computer, I don't recall, but, um, yeah, anyway. Yeah, uh, so she wrote this virtual machine thing that interprets bytecode that runs on the Commodore, the Coco, and maybe the Phoenix, I don't recall. But um, her her thought was she wanted to get um, the same code running on all three computers, and obviously a uh, virtual machine is going to be the way to do that, because you've got different you know, processors and instruction sets and all right. that stuff. Um, I don't know how she's how she's coming along with that. I thought it was kind of an interesting project. Um, anyway, I guess... Um, no, I don't. Uh, I should go bother her. We have a Discord channel, and you're welcome to join. Um... Yeah, let me send you. Uh, let's see. Invite people. Link. Do you have the, it set up, Brian, on Discord so it's public, or do you have to have an invitation? Uh, I think you can invite just anybody. Uh, well, I know that, but can you? Can I join Discord, your Discord site, without getting an invitation from somebody? Oh well, I I think so. Um, I, think that's what, I think that's what's happening because I don't remember getting an invite from you specifically. Right. I, would just, I just need to know the, the name of the board, right? The name of the. Uh, yeah, but I thought you were. In, I might have been invited. In the user list here. Let me. I look, think you Sam. are, Sam. I am. I, I don't have any trouble accessing it. I'm just wondering if. Oh. You know, if. So, for example, if I link to it on my BBS, right? Yeah. Um, they, as long as they have the link, they can get right in. Right. Yeah, I haven't okay. like done 
anything to stop that, I don't anything think. Anything to make it exclusively private? Yeah, no, it's not a private uh, server. You know, Facebook has the, you know, some security where it can be a private group, as in no one can even see it in a search. Or you can right, make it public, right. or you can, right. um, you know, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 It is. It's like IRC... With IRC++, cool, plus, yeah. Yeah, icons and, you know, you can stick a, a GIF in there or whatever, links, you know, click right. on the links. Um... The nicest thing is persistent chat history. Um, you go back and, you know, there's, you know, so many messages prior to when you join, so you don't miss out on anything, which is kind of nice. Um, people would stay connected to IRC, like, all day, so you yeah. didn't miss anything. Right. Um with with Discord, you don't have to worry about that. So that's yeah, they used to do the same thing with ICQ back in the day. Yeah. Back oh man, I remember ICQ. Was that I before see. or after AOL bought it? Uh, oh. The Russians bought it after AOL. AOL had it for a few years after buying it from Mirabilis, and then they sold it to that Russian group. And then after the Russians got it, it they turned it to shit. They okay. disabled the old clients and made, you know, in, would insert advertisements and spam into the conversations. And yeah. yeah. The the, new, the newer clients, which were the only ones that were allowed to run, had drastically reduced uh, flexibility features. and functionality. And yeah, yeah. They, they they lobotomized a lot of the features, and it was it was really disappointing to me. Anyway. Yeah. I I remember. <laughs> I mean that that chat sound that uh oh uh, yeah sound that yep. was a lot of fun. Uh, and then the fact that you could put typewriter noise in there just for fun, so when oh, you're yeah. cranking, right, right. cranking out a message, it sounds like old school right. typewriter. Nice. Yeah. Dings when you hit the end of the line. Yeah, yeah, you get that character turn. <laughs> yep. That was. We should do something like that for the Commodore 64. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, it's a it could be a feature device. Yeah, yeah. Because they, they well, already have drive sound, right? Yeah. So it seems like you know uh, keyboard sound wouldn't be too much of a stretch. And then geez, that'd get annoying. <laughs> uh, well, let's see. There was a free game that I downloaded the other day. Um, there's a guy named Richard Bayless who. It's all these uh, games and has for years. Mm -hmm. Called. Um, let me look at my downloads. I can't even remember. Some shoot 'em up game, which honestly I'm terrible at. But a free game is a free game. Um, let's see. Where did it go? Shoot 'em ups are great for pre for practicing your button mashing skills. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Pretty yeah. much. You just, you just want some brainless fun and blow stuff up. There you are. Yeah. I you can actually share 
screens in in Vice. Uh, let me let me do that. More interesting than looking at my junky room. Uh, let's see. Down oh, the and, Yeah. Um, let's see. Let's see. Fire a vice here, and then I'll see about finding the game. Uh, okay, so... Um, screen share. And you can share YouTube videos in uh, Jitsi too, which is kind of nice. Yeah, we've we've watched uh, several SpaceX launches, and and oh, I guess there was one session where we were watching that uh, volcano explode in uh, like Iceland or whatever. <laughs> yeah, you had a yeah. Yeah, you just run out of things to say. It's like, well, okay, let's watch a a video or whatever. Right. Um, oh, you've got Jiffy Dos. Of course. Can't live without Jiffy Dos. Oh, my. <laughs> well, I'm looking for a way to automate actually building PRG files. Yeah? Um, well... Yeah, well, see, because I, I, I'm, I've been playing with Vice recently. Yeah. I'm doing some testing. Um, yeah. And what trips me up the most is, it is you know, in the BBS, yeah. is that... I can hit, um, I can use, um, positional, right, key mapping. Uh-huh. Um, well, no, hold on. It's positional and symbolic, right? Um. Right. I, I need to hit, hit, use back arrow to get to some of the, the idle mode functions, like terminal. Yeah. And I can hit the, um, uh, the back tick key right above tab. And that brings me into the menu that I want, but then uh -huh. I have to switch to positional in order to get the back arrow to get the, into the terminal program. Oh. I hate that. Huh. I, uh, I don't know that I had that problem. I guess I just keep the keyboard layout on, uh, what? Um, yeah, it's 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 like positional. It and then your back to key on your keyboard is your back arrow key. Right. Um, but then for some reason to actually get into the terminal, I need to switch mapping. That's and go bad. And go to positional. Yeah, it's, it's bizarre. I'm not really sure what's going on there. Huh. <laughs> Maybe it's something I should write down for that next meeting. Yeah. Yeah, that okay. sounds annoying. Well, um, the, the, but the point is that when I'm learning about this, about the BBS, you know, what we're doing, mm -hmm. is that if I come up with something that's concrete, just like anybody would really come to me, um, if I give them something concrete to, mm -hmm. to work on, then they're more likely to make a patch and fix stuff. Yeah. You know, just like, just like anybody, I suppose, but, um... Downloads? No. Maybe it's a zip file that I didn't bother to unzip. Let me check here. Um, 
Hmm. Sort by modified. Oh yeah, okay, here it is. Paralander DX. Okay, so I didn't unzip it, need to unzip it. Um, we'll put it in. Oh, C64. And I've got a games folder. Good deal. Um, Yeah, yeah. No, I get that. Um, yeah. Okay. No, I, I, and if I forget and use, like, what is it, um, if I leave it as positional, um, mm -hmm. the quote, the quotation mark, for example, load star, you know, quote star, yeah. come, come on, um, yeah. is on the two. Right, that's, um, but that's what it was on the 64, yeah. Right. Ah, that's positional. Okay. Yeah, I think I always get a mix. Probably. Up. I wish they. I do too. <laughs> call them something else, uh, but they didn't ask me, so. Right. <laughs> <laughs> True. Documents C sixty four. Games. Okay, it wants to sort by case sensitive. Um, games and Paralander DX. And I'll probably need to find my gamepad. Uh, it's around there somewhere. I don't know where. But um, you know, we could just load it up and see what it looks like. I have, I have no idea. <clears throat> huh. The new dimension. Yeah. So, uh, let's see. Some kind of shoot 'em up game. Okay. 2021, I love seeing that. Yeah. Not only um, is it Y2K compliant, but it was written recently. I thought Paralander yeah. was more of a. Not so much a shoot 'em up, but more of like a. A Frogger style game where you had to oh. navigate your. Your guy in a parachute down through oh, various okay. things to a safe landing point. It's that just, makes it's sense. From the top of the screen down instead of bottom of the screen up, like Frogger was, as I recall. Oh, 
Okay. I Do you not I'd know? I forgotten about it. I went back and looked. Yeah. Let's like see if I can. Wrong. Um, I'm too lazy to find my gamepad. Maybe I can do the uh, keyboard, the the joy key option. There you go. Um, let's see. They probably want. Oh, that's okay. That's already set to numpad. These guys are trying to do on-screen touchscreen controls on an Android tablet. Let's see. Turn my vice volume down. That way you guys aren't drowned out. Right. Um. Okay. Let's see. So. Space should be fire. Okay. Huh. Except. Oh, zero is fire, I guess. Um, Probably. If you turn on keypad. Yeah, yeah, it was. That was an option. Uh, I mean, the, that option was already selected. Oh, okay, so space is space, and zero is fire, I guess. There you go. Um, <clears throat> let's see. So I should have read the instructions. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, hmm. Let's see. Oh, looks like I'm slowing down. That must be your helicopter. Uh, helicopter, yeah. Were you trying to do land on those pads at the bottom? Oh, yeah, probably. Okay. Okay, so yeah. It, so it's kind of a rich yeah. It's, yeah. Huh. Oops. Uh-oh. <laughs> you just lost a life, yeah. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Okay. Oh, you lost a life again. Huh. You went down to what? Hmm. Are you supposed to navigate the helicopter or just drop them? See, you can't touch the water. Yeah. Huh. Um. Oh, and it actually saves the high scores. Okay. Nice. Yeah, I'm top of the pile with zero points. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Congratulations. I know, right? <laughs> you can uh, all adore me now. We adore uh, you anyway. You don't need to win in a game. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, at least the controls are easy. It's just a matter of not hitting the blimps or whatever these are. I don't know. There, like there are instructions sometimes. with the game. I just haven't read them. You know, no, there is. Mail. Yeah. yeah, the instructions are in that scroll. But... Oh, well, there's a PDF, too. Oh, okay. With the zip file, yeah. I just, it's like, okay, let's just jump in and start bashing yeah. around, I guess. Start bashing keys and see what happens. Yeah, yeah right. Um, it looks like you have some kind of a, um, a timer down there. It says 3,300 now? Yeah, yeah. 
Like time or something, right? Oh. Ah, you have to, okay. You that time made I deployed the parachute. Mm-hmm. Weird. Uh, I so hate reading instructions. You know, it just it's such a pain. Yeah. <laughs> uh -oh. oh, if you hold down the fire button, he uh, keeps the parachute deployed. If you let go, then... Oh, okay. That's... That's the yeah. trick, I think. Um... Hmm. Yes, um... Watch us fumble around... Playing games, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Hi there, and welcome to... Yeah. Yeah, if you want to read the scroll text, you got to download it yourself. Okay. Um, <laughs> Fair enough, yeah. <laughs> if you want to read the instructions, you got to download it for yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah okay, that was so... That problem with a lot of my Commodore collection. I... My dad... It's kind of like, hmm, I'll see what it does. And then I'd flail around not having a clue, and then I'd generally go back to the games I knew how to play. Uh, yeah. Oh, if you hit any one of those things that are blocking, you die. Yeah, that makes sense. You gotta, so you gotta time your jump to be. So in wow, that's Frogger, tricky, actually. Yeah, in Frogger, you could at least um, steer. I wonder if you can steer while you're falling. Uh, maybe. Well, it's really awkward just using the keyboard. Um, yeah. I will have to look around for my uh, gamepad. Let's see. It's all about timing. Yeah. Oh, you can steer. You can. Oops. Oh, neat. Okay. To a Except you contact one of those other sprites, you're done. Yeah. yeah. Wow, okay. So that, that makes sense. Um... Oops. All right, well. Making progress. It's, it's sort of, a, if you can call it that. Yeah. Um, okay, so there's the most space over here. Whoop. Almost, almost. Yeah. I was pretty good at Frogger. This is just, it's like the reverse... Okay, there. Mm -hmm. Ah, man. Yeah, but the minute you contact one of those other sprites, you're done. Yay! Yay. You got points! Yay. <laughs> okay, um, the idea is to clear all of them. You gotta land on each yeah. one of them. Right. That's tricky, but okay. Okay, so there's most space here. Two! Two down, yay! Yay, okay, now that I figured out you can actually steer. That's mm -hmm. that's helpful. Um, yeah. Yep. Let's see. There's this guy here. Well, just like in Frogger. Yep. Okay. He's got the go. logs and everything. Right. I uh, can't do that. Oh, oh, I already. Okay. Yeah. Shoot. Um, One life left. Yeah. Let's see if I can. There you go. Okay. Two left. 
But you're all you're nearing being out of time. Yeah. Ah, ah crash. Shoot. <laughs> uh, I saw that one coming. Right, hey, yeah. you got a thousand points. That's better than you ever done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you know, uh My rules, yeah. <laughs> So, uh, that is Para Lander, Lander DX. Mm-hmm. Kind of cool. Yeah, not bad. Yeah. It fits the style of the 64, you know? Yeah. Para Lander DX. Cool. I like the uh, animated water and the seaweed or whatever that is. Yeah, how do you suppose they did that? Um, don't know. Never really I know got you really into weren't into the demo scene, but it, they look like yeah. sprites. Yeah, they, it, it must be character set animation. Hmm. Could be. Maybe... They're trying the, to make frames. Yeah, maybe the uh, moving water there hides like a raster split or something and they're well, yeah, changing probably. the character set beyond it or something those are zeppelins by the way what's that those are zeppelins by the way so dirigible or, or oh. oh okay yeah I see the zeppelin okay yeah. yeah reading the instructions here um 16, 16 levels, levels. Score as many points as you possibly can because your score could become well. It just did. Thank you very much. Uh, right. Carolander <laughs> mini. mini. Hmm. I can cool. see this game being on cassette. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have a question. In the okay, uh, when you do a screen share, it looks kind of like the frame rate is is awful. Does it look I nice wouldn't. on your on your screen? Yeah, I wouldn't doubt okay. it. Okay, just checking. Um, not sure if I can improve that any. Probably not. It's just yeah. It's because most times you don't a, need a frame rate that's all that high just to share a screen. You know. Yeah, I mean most screen shares are going to be like you know terminal stuff or. Something that doesn't need a high frame rate. Um, right. Okay, so I'm I'm looking at the Jitsi screen to see what you guys are seeing, and it's it's not bad. Um, just download it's the game. Bad, let, let me see if it's I just, can uh, find the link I used to uh, get it, and I'll stick it in the um, text chat. Okay. Uh, let's see, Para. Lander. I'm I'm super interested in, in you know in like new demos. Yeah. You know because what's interesting to me is the idea of yes you're running a program for the Commodore 64, but you're using Linux and and all these different tools. Um, you know to build the PRG files to deal with the fonts all that stuff. Yeah. You know I find that fascinating. 
Yeah, it's no, and cool. it really explains. You know, back when I was in high school, and demos were big. Yeah, um, well, they still are to a lot of people. That's true. I'm still a fan. I just yeah. haven't. I, I see a lot of YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. Um, there was one I saw involving, I kid you not, four Commodore 64s. Oh, I heard about that one. Um, I haven't haven't uh, downloaded it though. Yeah, I mean, that that to me is is I mean. Yeah, I don't remember how they synchronized them, but it was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm, interested, I'm very interested in how they synchronized. Yeah. Um, you know, they have to synchronize perfectly, otherwise it falls apart. Right. And I'm wondering if they used actual hardware or was it emulation, in which case they could do anything. Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. I thought, I don't remember, but I thought I read that they actually did synchronize real hardware. Oh, really? Okay. I just don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember how. Yeah, they didn't really disclose why or how. <laughs> yeah. Well, the why, but not the how. Um, and so what I'm getting at is that I'm I'm seeking demos that are actually runnable in Vice. Right. Because then I can disassemble it. Yeah, that's true. And try to figure out how, you know, try to learn how it works. Yeah. Um. What's that? Um, the, the actual Commodore 64 demos, I see a lot of them on YouTube where, okay, you got the video, and it sounds great and all that, but I don't get to look at, I can't disassemble it. Because, well, because I want to know how it works. <laughs> yeah. I'm not um, ripping anybody off, I just, you know. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I, guess, I guess I do have a plan to rip somebody off because I, I need a 2x2 two two, um, bitmap font for the 64. For, uh, a friend of mine wrote a utility called uh, C64 List, and really? uh, okay. yeah, it's it's got a disassembler and an assembler. Oh, really? In it? Yep. Hello. What? Oh, utility. Oh. You didn't give a name. Who joined? Intelligence. It doesn't look like anybody I recognize. Yeah, it's uh, short on details. Hello, fellow jitster. Hey guys, and you here. Hello. Sorry, Hi. who? Who joined? And you? I got I was invited by uh, Nico. Oh. Okay. Hello. Oh, no. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, that's that's for whatever. <laughs> yeah. Oh, when they when they had their live stream uh, for the T-Pug, I I wasn't there. At the time, I just watched the uh, the YouTube uh, recording, and there were people jumping into the stream and posting porn and all that stupid stuff, and and, and uh, like, um, you know, said said, uh, you know, we we got to get this stuff out of the final cut or something like that. I don't remember the exact wording, but. Uh, <laughs> I just left it. I just can't be bothered. Oh man, Richard Bayless is uh, 
game he just released called uh, Paralander DX. And uh, it's kind of like Frogger. A um, little different, but uh, uh, you can you can share uh, stuff uh, in this Jitsi uh, system here. Uh, you know, do screen sharing and stuff like that. So, fired up Vice and was attempting to play this game and finally figured out the controls. Uh, yeah. Man behind typical, the machine. Typical person. Well, a male anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah. they, uh, listening to the Puget Sound Commodore. Think reading instructions optional, so I was uh, floundering around there a bit. Uh, well, that and asking okay. directions, right? Yeah, I don't right, like you know. I don't like instructions either. Oh, okay. <laughs> when I was little, my dad used to tell me that reading the instructions was cheating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, quadcore. Okay. Yeah, this is the demo we're talking about. This, yeah. Okay. Thank the, you, Jimmy. Or C sixty four demo. Uh, call me Jam. Or Jam, J A M. Yeah. No, uh, J A M. Um, Julian Alpha Michael. No. I I run Linux. Hey, I have. It's it's pretty handy. Pretty handy tool. Is it a is it a sixty four thing or a, or a DOS thing? It's it's a um, Windows thing. Windows thing, okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah I know. I call it DOS. I'm just yeah. yeah. Okay. No, I do not use Duramaster. I do not use Windows. Yeah. Shockingly, a Commodore user that's old school. Imagine that. Yeah. That'd be kind of cool. I'm sorry? What's that, Nico? Oh. Away from microphone, person. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm muted at the moment. Uh, yeah, AFM. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was heavily into Commodore in high school, which would have been just before 1990, um, or before 1990. Um, I am currently involved in a. In a um, a BBS that that I used back in the nineties or eight or late eighties. Um, I don't do a lot of coding on the sixty four anymore, but I still remember assembly. I can read it. I can decipher it. Um, you know, I'm good with reading basic. Um, my biggest concern at the moment is the um, the key mappings. You know, positional versus symbolic, and that's an issue. You know, I I have an interest in, in you know writing Linux tools that can you know build up D sixty four files or D eighty one files and have. Um, uh, I want to be able to do relative files actually. 
Um, and uh, so, yeah, there you have it. <laughs> I, I had my I had my my interest in the Commodore. I I recently found a a project I can I can a sub project I can really that I really enjoy. So that's been a big thing for me. Yeah, both both Jam and I are um, involved in um, this this PBS program. It's called Image PBS, and. Uh, I'm trying to write a programmer's reference guide for it um, and do a little programming and, and fixing and things like that. Yeah. No, it's it's um, basic and assembly, a, a mixture. I, I don't know, C++. <laughs> Thank goodness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, in a way, C would, C would be a benefit to you if you're using Python. Because you can write extensions for Python and C. Hmm. Um, C++, well, I would start with C first. Yeah. But I'm, I'm old school. You might not need to. I think in college they, they'll show you C++ and not even mention C, really. Uh-huh. Because why teach two languages, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um... Yeah, I'm not really, uh, I'm just beginning to learn Python, and I really haven't touched it for several months, but, um, oh yeah. Yeah, with with any language, language. yeah, there you go, yeah. It's not Python's fault. This, yeah. You have the same problem with Perl. Yeah. Yeah. What? Sorry, that was rude. JavaScript? Mm, I don't know, about 90%. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it's Java and JavaScript are... I mean, I know they're two di- different things, but uh, Java is pretty common. Um, yeah, Java is everywhere. JavaScript is not. <laughs> JavaScript has only been around for just a few years, really. Oh, okay. I haven't really followed. Well, and then the reason you know that Java is older is that Microsoft got sued. For, oh, really? for having, yeah, for having a version of Java that was too close to what Sun had put out, but they made some changes. And Java's, uh, sorry, Sun sued Microsoft and won. Therefore, oh. Microsoft had to change the name of their Java to C to C Sharp, and they had to make very distinct changes so it didn't uh, confuse programmers as to which language they were using. Oh, okay. So C Sharp looks looks an awful lot like Java. Um, I don't like Microsoft, and don't get me started. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) I know better. (laughs) Yeah. I don't like commercial software in general, but Microsoft is especially nasty. Yeah. You know they 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 abuse their power 
and got sued several times and lost, you know. Um, yeah. They deserve it. And continue down the same path. Exactly. They, they didn't change anything. They just pay the fine and go move on. Yeah. yeah. Right. yeah. So oh, yeah. Oh, what? what a, billion dollar, a, a billion dollar fine? Oh, no problem. So one share of stock. We're done. Yeah. I'm exaggerating, of course, but... Yeah. Sorry. So they're, they're the Disney of the computer world, then? Yeah, something like that, yeah. They're, they're uh, I, I, I was wondering if you have a, a guess as to when Disney is going to buy Star Trek. That's a scary thought, and... Yeah. You know, yeah. They, they own so much of everything else, and... Yeah, just wow. But yeah, that, that's what I was saying, is, Ryan... Uh, you know, Disney, you, you look at how they uh, they treat their artists and such, uh-huh. and their writers. Yeah. People that, you know, have had ambitions since they were children of, hey, Disney makes awesome animation. I want to make cartoons, too, and work for them. Yeah. They can work all their lives toward that goal. And then when they get confronted with the contract for Disney that basically says everything you create while you work for us, whether it's... We own it. You know, while yeah. you're on the clock. Yeah, they own it. So okay. it's like... People spend yeah. their entire life with the aspiration of working for them, and then they walk away when it's time to sign the contract because the contract is so draconian. Right. Yeah, there were... Well, it, um, it, it, sadly, it's very common to have that kind of contract. Quite a few writers that I read about recently that were getting together in an attempt to recoup some of their uh, royalties that were not being paid out, uh, like Star Wars writers from back in the 70s. I think. Oh my. Yeah. So that, that problem me, is, yeah, it's been going on for a while now. Um, really? Huh. Oh, I didn't know that. Hmm. Huh. Interesting. So I guess it's kind of a widespread problem. Um, hmm. Yeah, yeah I, I think corporations have too much power. Yeah, and part of it is the um, the lack of unions. You right. know, UAW is still going strong, at least in Michigan. Um, but there's really not enough of that, and yeah. You know, corporations can, can write up this, this contract that, you know, restricts the heck out of you. And if you don't like it, you don't sign it and you don't have the job. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then there's the other side of the union thing when where unions, if they go too far with, you know, trying to get everybody that's their, their union members provided for and whatnot, they can right. strangle the production process in production environments. Oh. I mean, I've heard situations in the... the uh, the Hitachi uh, foundry here in Tacoma that's gone by many names over many years and was recently acquired by Hitachi. And, uh, you know, sometimes it can take a whole day or four hours to do a job that if done more simplistically with, you know, proper safety precautions would take half an hour. But because of all the union rules of, no, you're not an electrician, you can't do the electrician's work, they have to wait on an electrician they, they oh. might have on staff at the facility, but he's doing he's busy doing another job. So a thirty minute job can end up taking four hours. And oh. so yeah, the, the unions are not always good. It depends on how it all comes together and how it's handled. And mm. that's the kind of the other side of the union argument. So it's 
it's very so is that is that even to the minutia of changing a light bulb yes wow yes sure sure uh-huh yep Oh, I do not. Um, um, I would immediately something. point to um, supply chain problems because of the virus and because of funny business. Um, you know, trade, trade, uh, you know, uh, they got changed in the last administration. Um, the same applies to um, graphics cards. Yep. Bitcoin miners are, you know, well, crypto yep. miners are, are like absorbing all of the production run for so much of the graphics cards and such that the average person almost can't buy one. Mm-hmm. Oh. Oh, yeah. As I'm aware, uh, they have to sell so many developer units to finance the what is it, the keyboard or the housing, the molding um, process to get a case. Um, the developer unit had plexiglass case or oh yeah yeah, uh, yeah. something. Well, it wasn't that. it wasn't the injection molding. It was like. I don't know, resin or I don't know, some, something. But uh, it costs so much to um, create the molds that they had to sell these developer units at, like, let's say, uh, $900 a pop. I don't remember the exact price. You can probably find more on um, the Mega 65 blog. But unless they sell so many of these developer units, um, apparently... That would stall the regular Joe units for the rest of us. Um, or they'd have to they'd have to sell them like Apple did the Apple ones. Oh yeah, have like wooden cases or something. Well, no, actually, they had to sell them as kits, and people oh. had to make their own cases. Oh, the wooden case thing, I think, was actually a third party or later in the production of the one that they ended oh. up doing. And I, I think basically the wooden case thing was kind of a, an ironic nod to the the name of the company at the time. Oh, yeah. If I recall right. <laughs> they did the same thing with the, uh, well, back in the day, they did the same thing with the Timex, right? You oh, could get a kit. Know. You could get a kit and put it together yourself. Well, this is kind of a different situation, sorry. Um, you could, you could either get a kit for the Timex and make it yourself, or you could buy it um, pre-made. Oh, okay. I thought I didn't think they did that with the Timex, but they did it with the uh, the ZX80. It's pred it's uh, predecessor contemporary. Okay. It's in clear version oh. over in the UK. 
Okay. Okay. But yeah, I think the Timex was fully assembled retail. I don't know. I wasn't paying attention to, to that. Yeah, that wasn't my interest back then. Yeah. I didn't need a doorstop. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Thanks, Bill. Yeah. Say. Yeah. W- without oh. Microsoft, um, we might not be running basic as the built-in operating system or the built-in language, I could say, of a lot of eight uh, computers. They're what. Uh, Pardon the bird. I hear a rooster. Yeah, I got. I live on a farm. There's birds. Oh. <laughs> oh, cool. Okay. Then you get situations where, uh, you know, people got bored during the pandemic and uh, started developing an interest in or getting back to their retro computing interest that they had set aside because it was a way they could fill the time. And that contributed to the prices on eBay of everything and, you know, just skyrocketing again from where they had been. Was it well, Zelda is, yeah, okay, sealed though, or something well, special? And the fact that Zelda is that kind part. of a, like, for example, if somebody was looking for one of the gold cartridges that was new old stock, never opened, that you know, mm-hmm. for a collector's item, that might be a worthwhile price theoretically. But yeah. I would, I, I wouldn't imagine that they're that high as a normal price because you know, the used shops and such, they're still all over the place. Yeah, the, the regular cartridges. If you're just looking to play the game on the original hardware, it wouldn't be that hard to get because they're everywhere. Yeah, in thrift stores, everywhere, online, eBay, you know. Mm-hmm. Huh, that's interesting. Huh. Um. Well. Probably, well, I inherited it, or running it, um, after my friend Dave Frazier left for, um, oh gosh, was it, uh, not Michigan, uh, but he moved out of the state anyway, um, and so that was probably about, I think it's been about 10 years and then for a while the group kind of fizzled from what I remember you saying until I poked at you enough and then we reached out to some people who kind of halfway revived a yeah. short time before the pandemic and, and here we are doing virtual some, meetings some people from out of state um, want to join or connect on Facebook and 
so that helps a little bit. But um, I'm looking forward to having in-person meetings again now that the vaccines are here. <clears throat> It'll happen. Yeah, you should be able to go to just about anywhere, any pharmacy, and get COVID-19 vaccines. to have these online meetings, although it's obviously not the same same thing. Um, the predecessor of this club was called the uh, Upchug Group, and that stood for University Place Commodore Home Users Group, and they had discs, uh, public domain discs that I've got a box of, but I don't know if they ever published newsletters. Yeah. They. Yeah. yeah, I've got a whole box of them that I need to archive um, at some point. I might have had some old paper ones way back in the day, but I can't tell you for sure. It's, I attended a few Upchug meetings in the late 80s and early 90s, and then oh, yeah? you know, life moved on, and I laid Commodore aside for a while for a multitude of reasons. But, you know, I guess I could, one of these days when I find, get more of my stuff in my hands, I could, you know, at least let people know if and when I find stuff. The other thing is there might be some information related on the now much outdated group website that does still exist. Isn't it pscug.org, Ryan? Yeah, I should take a picture of my disc collection. I'm sure that's not all of it either. Uh, you said at one point months ago, wasn't it, that you actually had some stored under the house, which unfortunately in this climate means yeah. good. Yeah, that's not really a good place, but I just don't have the room in my room. It yeah. Stuff to the gills with uh, stuff inherited from well, on a the upside. friend of mine. On the upside, you don't quite have to stick your head out the window to change your mind. <laughs> right, no. <laughs> it's not that bad. I've got a, I've got a few I'd drag along if we got around to that because I've got a small stock pile. That was the hearsay and what I had from childhood. Yeah, it's a few. Hey, there's, those hearsay one thousand um, modules are pretty neat. Interesting. I kind of wish I was a little more skilled with hardware because I. I'd love to be able to create a way to emulate it in the in Vice. Yeah, that would be such a complex cool. chunk of hardware. Yeah, it's a complex enough chunk of hardware that not being a hard guy, you know, hardware hacking guy, I'm uh -huh. lost at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, that would be kind of cool. They've, um, I mean, they emulate the. Uh, oh, what is it? The, Excuse me. Um, the Commodore 364. Oh, the Magic Voice cartridge. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Which is basically the same speech capability as the the, 36, the V364. The V for voices, I recall. Right. Ryan, do you remember from the 
the old days, um, a speech synthesizer called Sam. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was Software Automatic Mouth, wasn't it? I played with that a little bit, yeah. I did, too. And I remember uh, one time I, I was so happy with the software, I don't know where I got it. Probably shouldn't ask. But um, I, I typed up, like, a soliloquy, right, from, like, Shakespeare <laughs> or, or Abraham Lincoln or something and recorded, recorded the audio on cassette and then had to go to my to my next door neighbor and play the entire thing for them. <laughs> but I was middle school, so you know. Um, <laughs> I probably should not have played the whole thing. Oh yeah, we're the uh, going. Well, I mean, I mean, you know, to an adult, you know, um, you know, Shakespeare is, uh, you know, old hat, right? Um, Really? <laughs> well, in theory. Well, at least the original stuff is. Yeah. But I, the song I used was Sam. Sam was fun to uh, play around with. Yeah. There's a lot of... I'm gonna get moved. I ran out, I was suffering. I think I ran out of gas. Uh oh. Oh, okay. I'll take care of that momentarily. How can I get in What? That's kind of cool. Hmm. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Um. Say again. Um, yeah, I can do a screen you share. You can screen or, share. Um, yeah, uh, uh, share tabs. Um, I don't know if you're on the mobile version or the desktop version, but there should be a little... Oh, okay. Uh, there should be a uh, that black bar along the bottom. The third icon over is uh, share your screen. And, and then you can choose to share like a Chrome tab or an application or, or whatever. <clears throat> and I'm going to excuse myself just for a second. I got to get a drink. Uh, I'll uh, be right back. Coffee. Yeah. yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Nice. A little parched. Good answer. Good answer. Yeah. Be right back. Force checked out and we fizzled. Oh no! Yeah, there you go. I didn't know he's been running this group since for ten years. I think it's more. I don't know if he's been running it actively. I know he's been reluctant to uh, 
pick up leadership on the thing because that just wasn't something he was entirely comfortable with. But you are listening I mean, to the PJ you know, Sound Commodore music group. I happened to run across at uh, the Commodore Expo in 2018, and then stumbled across him at some point later. And it was kind of like, hey, we should put this back together. And he was going, oh, wow. I kind of know if you do. You know, anybody wants to run it? No. Oh. <laughs> You're the only candidate. Pretty much. I'm I'm still into leadership positions like that in that way. Um, yeah. I, mean, other I was involved with a leadership position off to somebody he didn't know. So. Right. Yeah, I I wound up president of the BOW Men's Auxiliary. And this was a bit of a surprise for you at the time? Well, it was a similar situation in that uh, they had no other candidates. And so the veterans kind of, you know, pushed me to the spotlight as the as president um, just to keep the group running. Mm-hmm. And I really didn't want to do it. <laughs> I was quite happy as secretary, you know, taking notes and updating the website and, you know, whatever. And and <laughs> there were no other candidates. I was the only one. Yeah. So I learned an awful lot about real politics. Yeah. You yeah. know, because like, okay, well, I guess I'm qualified. I mean, I can I can handle the work, but I didn't know enough people in the group. So it was like, okay, well, I'm setting up these meeting agendas and presenting it. You know, and and doing certain things but I didn't know anybody so there was, there was a hostile um action taken and talk about getting thrown in at the deep end hell yeah well I, I ran it successfully for you know a couple of years um well, that's good and, and we did have good meeting attendance. I mean, I was told that my meetings were better attended than the veterans' meeting, which is a compliment, I guess. Um, <laughs> um, well, you know, I, I didn't mind the leadership part. What what bothered me the most was I didn't know any of my members. You know, like I'd only seen them at meetings, and like, okay. <laughs> Uh, this is not going well because as a politician you can't you can't be in a leadership role like that and not know people yeah oh shaking so hands it, and kissing babies thing well yeah shaking babies and kissing hands more like um, <laughs> yeah. um it, it went south but I learned a lot so yeah. Um, I realized that in kind of a hostile takeover situation, you don't get into a fist fight. <laughs> don't engage the hostile party. Just walk away. And I did. I, I even gave him my manual. I said, hey, you want to run it? You can do it better than me? Go for it. Yeah. Um, and then I said, well, and then I dropped another bomb and said, well, by the way, there's no more men's auxiliary. It's the auxiliary. 
and you're all going to have to reapply and pay new membership dues. Have a nice day. And I walked out. Uh, yeah, I was, I was, I was mad. Only pay for because uh, no one wanted to run the group. Except I didn't want to run the group either. But I was the only one that you know was kind of pushed forward. Yeah. That was some years ago. That was um, at least seven years ago. Huh. Six years ago, seven years ago. Um, and I realized that it just wasn't worth it to fight this guy. You know, he was he was like, taking over and he was you know manipulating other members. And I, I had enough. Mm. I'm I'm not paid enough for that. <laughs> yeah. Right. To do with that, you know, if I was making a congressional salary, maybe. But still, yeah, I'm not the type of guy that's going to, you know, engage in a, in a in an argument or a fight. Um, I didn't know what it was going to turn into. I walked out. I quit and made some changes in my personal life. I've come a long way, and I could do it again. Now, given all that I've learned, which is a good thing, it's it's progress. Um. So, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Sorry. Is good. Kind of off topic. Oh, that's but, so Brian, we were talking about you and how you kind of fell into PS Cog. Oh, yeah. That was kind of my that was kind of my in with this topic oh, was that yeah. you know I've been through I, something I similar. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you know, okay, uh, my friend who started this club moved away and it's right. gonna die if I don't do something. Because apparently mm-hmm. I was the only one who I don't know cared about it or Bad something. Well, well, it's all about stepping up and, and just you know the Commodore Expo a year before pushed you into it. Uh, sorry, I lost that last part, Brian. I was gonna say, except for that weird guy you met at a Commodore Expo in 2018 that pushed you into it. Oh, yes. That would be me in case you forgot. Yes. <laughs> you, you have a better memory than I do because I uh, I didn't remember you. Um, Which is funny. Yeah. Which is funny because I have terrible CRS. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's funny. I mostly remembered you because you were you were the tall guy messing around with you know walking around. Okay, he's easy to spot in the crowd. I mean, yeah. you were messing around <laughs> with that 128 and such right at the time when Robert Picardo went to raffle it off and you kind of got a little grumpy because he pulled it right out from under you. Which I can oh. understand. I mean, hey, you took the toys away. Yeah. And he wouldn't let you leave with a super CPU. I mean, yeah, don't people I know. share anymore? Yeah. What's up Terrible. with that? <laughs> it's oh, only oh, a $2,500 piece of retro tech. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's cool that we can uh, emulate um, the super CPU and the Ramblink. And uh, even nowadays, they, they just added... Uh, Hard drive emulation. Um, yeah. I don't know if you've uh, I wish kept get... on the latest version, but uh, you can now emulate the two major hard drives that were commercially available, um, like Creative Microdesign they... hard drive and the Lieutenant Colonel hard drive. Um, I wish they'd get the Super CPU emulation for the 128 going. Yeah, that would be cool. It, it'd be even more of a niche thing than the 64 CPU, I, super CPU, I think. I don't know. Quite possibly, but I mean, it does allow for a few other things. Because, I mean, if it worked in 128 mode, just imagine what else we could do. 
Yeah. I mean, let's face it, realistically, the emulating Commodore stuff is super niche these days. Except for the few occasions where they've actually managed to cobble together a recent product that thanks to Gary. But yeah. what do you do? And then um, using all of this um, these, these plugins, you know, like the super CPU and the, the hard drives, um, they go really handy, or they are really handy for uh, bulletin board systems because bulletin board systems will eat disk space like nothing. Um, <laughs> And it does make it a lot easier. The only to practical up. way to run something with, you know, massive disk drive. Yeah, and it does make it a lot easier to back up your data um, in emulation than on the real thing too. So that's a plus. Yeah, I I like life. Because it has cool features like you can make your file system look like a disk drive to the Commodore. Yeah, that's kind of They have P00 files, but you know, my goal is to spend as the least amount of time in the emulator actually writing code as possible. Oh, well, that's exactly the because, because of the because of keyboard mapping stuff. Yeah. Right. I, I I don't want to have to switch back and forth between traditional and, and symbolic just to get yeah. simple things done. It it slows me down, drives me nuts. And yeah. if I can make tools maybe in Python that can build up a PRG file. Yeah. They like structs or or whatever. Um, uh huh. <laughs> I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. I have to build one well, of full bread bin 140 keyboards. What was that, Brian? I was going to say, I saw a picture where somebody had created, uh, I think it was just a, you know, a fancy graphic project, but they created something that resembled the uh, 104 key, uh, you know, Model M-based keyboard for IBMs, but it was uh -huh. uh, styled such that it looked like the Commodore Breadbin case. Oh. Huh. And it, it lacked like the the scroll lock key, the print screen key, and whichever other auxiliary key it was. And other than that, it was all, you know, it looked like a, a bread bin. If you, it looked like a bread bin keyboard if you mutated it into an IBM type Model M. Oh, sort of a thing. cool. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, you can't. I don't, I don't know that it's a real project. I think it was just somebody's little artistic thing they did. I've only seen images. I've never actually seen reference to an actual physical product. That'd be kind of cool. I'd share, um, I'd share the picture, but I'm driving, so actually I could go uh, over here in a minute and would, share it with the chat. Yes. <laughs> um, anybody remember the, uh, what was it, the C64X by Commodore USA? That had a oh. kind of a cool keyboard to it yeah they uh, uh, they basically built a machine based on the uh, in 2012 they built a machine that was like what was it mini IT or shit I don't remember the form uh, factor but um, yeah 
I would have paid like... for the keyboard itself. I thought that was kind of cool, actually. Uh... Yeah, it was like they took a mini ITX motherboard, built a system case that resembled the Commodore Breadbin, and then stuck this PC in it, and it ran Linux. Yeah. And had a, a laptop-style optical drive that could be installed in it and several other things. Yeah. All these um, fancified uh, vice-running devices nowadays, and you know, like the mini... C64 and things like that, and, and you know that, that's fine. You know, um, it's people who haven't touched a Commodore for 30, 40 years back into the hobby, um, and you might have a front end that loads games or something like the carousel, I guess, on the the mini C64 or whatever C64 mini. Um, that's that's fine, I guess. I'm just venting a bit. I don't know. <laughs> so what you're saying is that some of these Commodore 64s coming out are actually emulated. It's actually yeah, quite I mean, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's it's um, you know, oh, yeah. let's say the equivalent of a Raspberry Pi or something. I don't know if that even runs Vice. I'm not really up on my it probably would yeah uh not really up on my single board computer technology but you know some miniature uh picky that (laughs) i think it it is a raspberry raspberry pi port device or the linux port device running on a raspberry pi or something i don't remember yeah like pmc 64 which also loosely relates oh yeah spare metal c64 or something I think. Sounds familiar. Big numbers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I guess the thing that ticks me off is, okay, you've slapped a, uh, an open source emulator into this, this thing that people are paying for. Uh, I doubt very much that the um, creators of Vice are getting any monetary compensation from including their uh, hard work into your commercial thingamajig, <laughs> I guess. That's what ticks me off the most. Yeah, I'm with you there. Yeah. Especially because with an open source license, you really have a lot of freedom. And I feel that a lot of corporations take advantage of that. Yeah. And what Legend says that if we don't ever make a public release, we don't have to give you any patches. Right. Well, F you. Yeah. And <laughs> you know, you, you, interpret the, you interpret the license in a way that, yes, I guess, I guess by the letter, it's you're, you're accurate, but you're being a jerk. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and a, a lot of the licenses say, yeah, it's fine to make money off this, but, I mean, come on, be a decent human being and... Um, mm-hmm. Okay, that's awesome, Brian. Yeah, I was, uh, I, was, I was really intrigued when I saw it, and then I realized, oh, it's it's missing those three keys, so I couldn't quite use it on a PC. And then uh-huh. I looked around and saw that, you know, I never found anything about an actual product. I think somebody just dreamt it up. It's kind of like that, that handheld 264 that somebody just did a 3D render of and put out there. 
Oh yeah, where it had like the screen, it was like a, it it almost looked like a strike border. I mean, it was like a cohesive unit, a, a, a single case. Yeah, it was literally yeah. thing, and they were going to yeah. have uh, micro cassette looking things be the data storage device. And, yeah. yeah. Total retro futuristic Star oh, yeah. Trek looking thing. <laughs> Looked extremely like what I dreamt up in my in the privacy of my own mind. Yeah. You know, 20 years ago when I was thinking, man, I'd love to get the guts of a 1581 and miniaturize a Commodore and be able to stuff it in my pocket along with my graphing calculator. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Well, um, Al Anger, I mean, I friend with him now on Facebook, uh, back when the magazine uh, Commodore World um, was in publication, um, they had a series of articles on Al's mods to various cases um, like you know have a C-128B and there'd be all these um, expansions stuffed into the case and a bunch of switches on the front to control said expansions and um, I'm sure there's pictures like on uh, Bombjack you know there's there's the uh, magazine archives, um, you know, PDFs of magazines. Yeah, got to be there. Saw a post somewhere relatively recently about a guy who rescued an odd-looking PC case from a recycler, and it turned. Out um, I'm looking at the assembler function, and there's a. Uh, built-in documentation on the instruction set. Oh, wow. Um, lights and... Uh, let me see. Calculators for um, different bases and stuff. That's cool. Almost like the Windows calculator. What? Oh. Yeah. Got a... Um, memory uh, um, which is interesting uh, hmm. can mount disk images I'm going to link to this on my website yeah yeah absolutely yeah yeah that's pretty handy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I will definitely tinker with it. Uh, I just had a realization. What's that? Maybe half of what needs to be done for that uh, pseudo Commodore keyboard I just shared the image with uh -huh. has already been partially worked out by that Russian guy that created the 3D printable model files for uh, printing your own bread bin C64 case. Oh, right. Uh, I didn't oh, realize that I, was a thing. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, he's somewhere over in Russia or Ukraine or somewhere, and uh, he created uh, 3D printable model files based on the bread bin and shared them out there. 
is multiple pieces and you'd have to glue it and screw it together. But uh, the idea being you can put your own, granted it wasn't particularly fine-tuned, but if he's got that much there, then if you were to grab those files, you could just sit there in a, a piece of 3D modeling software, you know, AutoCAD or whatever your program of choice was, and modify it to accept a keyboard layout that, of course, you'd have to create unless you just, like, scavenge the keyboard uh, components from a PC keyboard and then modify the, uh, the 3D printer files to accommodate it like the image. Uh-huh. That would be kind of a trip. And then, you, of course, yeah. you could add the spots for the three other keys for PC usage. And if you wanted to, you could uh, use, like, a an Arduino or something set up correctly to just be the keyboard controller part so you could interface it with a PC running vice. Hmm. Yeah? That would get, that would be a heck of a project, but it mapping thing, you just have to, your emulator use keyboard or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, uh, there's all sorts of amazing... Code for the Arduino could... Hardware projects, I think. Yeah. Cool. And there's one where a guy supposedly, I think he was another Russian dude, supposedly took a bread bin and uh, worked in a, he like built in a battery, you know, just like a USB power pack, modified the power rails for the system. So basically then he had a battery powered bread bin but then he worked in some sort of wireless video transmission hardware such that he was basically able to power on his television and then power on this bread bin while it sat on his lap. <laughs> video from the bread from the bread bin popped up on his television. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's pretty cool. And he, he had, uh, you know, like a micro IEC uh, device built in. So he had an SD card based data storage solution built right inside the console and various other things. I haven't been able to find a link to the video. I'm pretty sure I saw it on YouTube, but it's been a hard one to hunt down. Oh. Huh. Uh, interesting. Uh, I feel like I kind of took over the meeting. Maybe I just had something interesting yeah. to say for once. Not, not even. Um, no, you're good. good. <laughs> I, uh, we're, we're to kind, kind of reform. Yeah, I'm kind of out of ideas on what to talk about myself. Um, uh, there's um, been a lot of really good Petsky art in in a group on. Uh, you are listening to the man behind the machine podcast. It's all about Commodore. This message was spoken by a Commodore Amiga computer. Voicemails to man behind the machine. Vienna, Austria. Today the package came that I've ordered with some parts. I could repair almost all of the Nintendo power supplies. Just three are broken. You know, there is no power uh, coming out. So probably the transformators itself is is shot or kind of wire broken or something like that um, so that's not repairable but you know all the other 18 I have repaired and tomorrow 
someone wants to pick up a Nintendo console from me, so yeah, that's good. I also could repair the Commodore joystick. Uh, I found a small um, contact plate that you know switches the switch uh, on off, and I used the springs from the bigger buttons for the smaller ones, so it was possible. And so I found that all the parts, and I've put it together, and I hope it will work. Now I've just to add some of the suction caps or however it's, you know that it sticks on the on the on the plate um, and when that's done uh, it should be like new it's a very strange and yeah cheap joystick but it's official branded Commodore so I guess it's kinda like OEM some other company manufactured it something like that so yeah but still cool so yeah maybe I can uh, make as a to all the joysticks that I have. I have opened a lot of joysticks and you know a lot of cables are broken and whatever so it's a bit of chaos here so maybe I can you know finish one project and um, then start the next one. It's a bit uh, chaotic here but yeah it's slowly slowly coming together and yeah, so so far so good. Let's see what what we can do. So I'm selling this set of the black C64C computer. It's like a you know custom-made joystick. It's a USB version that I've converted to a Commodore 64 version. A black uh, data set um, data recorder um, has a C64 you know data set in it but but it's like the c16 case so it's a black case not painted it's a black case but has the c64 plug without any adapters and uh, the, the, the c64 has a new case it was produced in black also not painted and you know i've put it together for a friend and kind of somehow he did not like it or whatever i, I don't know so yeah uh, as i have uh, two and he wanted some wizard switch and stuff like that and I do not usually do that. So I, I tried to sell it but so far no one's really interested in it. But hey it's looking cool right? I mean not everyone has such a cool C64 I think so maybe maybe someone will buy it. I don't know. So yeah let's hope and see what will happen and yeah maybe it's wrong price i don't know I, i'm not sure how you know how to sell it because it's like one euro auction is like you know a huge risk to how you know how to sell it because it's like one euro auction is like you know a huge risk to kind of not get the money that you've invested for it and the option of you know minimum reserve is you know you have to pay for it so I just kind of put in any any amount I think it's okay but uh, yeah so far C64 sale not that good I've sold an Amiga 500 and I will it was yellowed pretty much and, and people wanted to have it and you know maybe it was too cheap or whatever but we'll sell it and glad that I sell it sadly the sample did not get picked up today or yesterday um, 
as it was made out with the company, but they sent an email, they will pick it up the next day, so it will take even longer, but yeah, I really, really hope and look forward for it. I will have to, you know, put everything aside, clean everything, make it real, looking real cool here, and, you know, make place for it, and... So yeah, that's that's why I try to get all these you know little parts and all this kind of stuff that I've disassembled, assembled again, and you know it's like putting a lot of work into that because you know this joystick is not worth much, you know. So, but I thought, hey, it's easy, you know, just test the joysticks and we'll be all fine and all good, and yeah, that was not the case. Many, many joysticks had problems, strange problems like contact problems, cable problems, and you know, it's not easy to change the cable, you know, sometimes you have to solder it, or you have to whatever, you know, it's like, yeah, and you do not get the right cable, you know, you cannot buy it in a store and say, oh yeah, it's, you know, every joystick inside is different, and so I have to adapt it, I used, uh, you know, cables that you can use for, for, I don't know how to call it, like extension, extension cables, and I've used those, and you know, you cut off the one connector and, and you know, just use one plug of, just use one side of the cable, but it's not the same quality, you know, it's from China, and it's, it's not the same quality as the old ones, so, yeah, that's, that's not good, but, you know, happy if it works again. And I've noticed that yeah, I'm not that good in speaking in English like like I do now with you. Like I often say, you know, in between when I do not know what to say or when I'm kind of stuck or when, you know, just use a fill, fill word or something like that. So that's not good. And also the, the you know, like sink and something. That's, that's real. And for the Lamborghini, well, that's a big goal, you know. <laughs> that's... That's a big goal, yeah. But I've, you know, I've, uh, yeah, and now I'm stuck. No, I've uh, looked at the auctions and stuff like that, you know. I've, uh, I don't know. So let, let me let me think about it. <laughs> so yeah, back again. So I followed some auctions and some, you know, selling pages to see, you know, the value of what they sell for and stuff like that. So. Yeah, there was one privately owned and it was like 184,000 euros and it did not sell, did not sell, did not sell and, you know, nobody buys those things because nobody has the money and if you have the money you don't buy a used one, you buy just a new one, you know, so, so it's not a really good market here because, you know, most people do not have any money and, you know, some um, dealer bought it from the guy that was the cheapest one and... Then it did cost 230,000, you know, just because he wants to mark up his profit and stuff like that. Probably he even, you know, paid less for it than he wanted and ne negotiated down the price. But, you know, then he marked up the price and it was over 200k. And now the dealer has the same problem. It's like sitting there, it's like blue outside, green inside, it's like crazy, you know, combination and stuff like that, so nobody, I think, will buy such a crazy combination because it's not like, it, it does not have any classic potential, you know what I mean? It's not like, 
a factory style Lamborghini that's you know it just altered a bit and and a bit crazy you know you have to like the style to to buy that stuff so yeah and you know now he also went down with the price he went down to 210,000 I think just because I don't think that there is much interest and the thing is even if you have this Lamborghini and you know you have much value but you cannot sell those things because nobody buys those things and that's you know that's a bit concerning if you think about it it's like an awesome stuff and you cannot sell it it's scary also ferrari same thing you know i've checked checked it and followed it and nobody buys it you know even the cheapest ones i, I don't i don't see any sales of, of those things so it's really kind of strange you know but the people do not have the money, it's, you know, and, and, and the rich ones don't buy a cheap Ferrari, so that's that's not a good marketplace, you know. So yeah, that's that's a bit the concerning concerning here, and of course, I mean, I cannot afford it anyway. But yeah, I will I will see what I can do. You know, it's like a dream, and maybe I can borrow one one day, something like that. But yeah, we will see. We will see. Just, you know, I need some crazy goals and that's how I, how I work, <laughs> that's how I run. Done with the Commodores, all Commodores achieved, so need some new challenges. But, yeah, I mean, it should not be something negative, something unobtainable, something, you know, it's, it, I know that it's crazy, but, so don't worry about it, but, yeah, just saying that. Maybe I will try something new, something different, I don't know, so let's see how the sale is going and how far we'll sell it off, and, but yeah, it, it's crazy, you know, you don't really need it, I have all this stuff here, and, you know, double, twice, triple, and it does not really get used anyway, so it's like, it was kind of like my idea of always, you know, going farther and, you know, getting the more around, the more whatever, but... Yeah, it's kind of put me into this position now that I'm in, that I have all this stuff, but not, not really happy, you know, not really, I don't know, it's like, it's like cool to have it, but it's also not good to have it, you know, it's like crazy, it's, it's a lot of time going into that, and nobody really appreciates that, nobody, you know, it's kind of hard to sell, kind of, yeah, going slow, and you don't really need, like, 15, A2000, or 40, A500, you know, it's, it's kind of crazy, and, you know, I do not have all the cables, all the power supplies, all the stuff, so, you know, it, it's kind of, yeah, strange to, to sort it out, and, sell it off maybe you know just without a keyboard and stuff but then the value is not there you know so so either you sell it cheap and you know if your unit breaks you cannot get it again for the same price or you sell it maybe at a good price and maybe you know one time I sold a Nintendo without power supply and nobody wanted it and then someone wanted it and I got a power supply in and could sell it with the unit and she took it so I could make like another sale and got more money but 
yeah, I mean, usually I like to sell it in, you know, complete sets or something like that. So, yeah, now when I have the power supplies done, I will make complete sets so the people can use it because most people do not have the cables and controllers, so it needs to be complete to sell it. Voicemails from Vienna, Austria. Yesterday I tried to repair a Commodore joystick. It's a really, really strange joystick. Uh, very rare, strange Commodore joystick. And the thing is there were, were switches with springs in it. And one spring is rusty and the other one is completely missing or something like that. And I thought, okay, I have an old Quickshot joystick. It has the same switches, but unfortunately um, it's a bit different. Uh, the quick shot ones are a bit taller or bigger and so I could not use them or at least I cannot use the parts of the quick shot inside the original ones because they, they are too big and I cannot replace the whole switch because it's too big so yeah I have to kind of fit it or kind of maybe I don't know so let's see maybe I could use the, the spring just and replace the rusty one but on the other one I'm not sure if I have this contact metal thingy so that's the problem because there is missing the whole spring and the small contact leaf or whatever you want to call it and you know that that part does not fit so I'm not 100% sure because I did that some months ago if, if I have this part somewhere or if it was never there or whatever so if I find it maybe I can just put it together with a new spring and if I don't find it I don't I don't really know what to do maybe just cram cram some cram the, the, the bigger switch into the smaller board something like that to try to make it fit or make it work but yeah it's always something you start something think oh it's so easy and in the end it's a pain but yeah but what I actually did is I repaired some of the Nintendo controllers um, one had a bad cable and one had a bad board inside the, the cable I don't know a dog chewed on it or whatever so oh yeah, every time you press a button it just resets the console so I thought maybe it's the it's the board of the controller but it was just a cable and the other one had a broken board there was like a uh, uh, a crack in the board and I tried to, you know, resolve it or whatever, but yeah, so I just noticed that it's just a cable that's broken, so I could use the good board and the good cable, make a good controller and, and put it together and put an another controller together and, you know, I've listed it for sale now and hope it, hope it will sell sometime soon. I'm so deep into that stuff, I, you know, I bought the whole collection from my friend and, um, you know, I have some Super Nintendo anyway in my collection, but, you know, I have now some excess ones, some too much and hope it will sell, you know, I've made a set now with the controllers, PSU, power supply and stuff like that, cable, everything, so, yeah, it's not... Not that easy to sell it, I have to say. It's not that easy to sell it. And I have a crazy week 20 with 80 column char generator or 80 column expansion board, something like that. So you can 
have a black white picture but 80 column instead of the 22 co columns so it usually has so yeah real crazy stuff other than that more modern stuff i updated my xbox one and i used spotify for the first time not for the first time but i i'm not into those subscription subscription services as so i don't have netflix or amazon prime or you know i don't have that but spotify actually is kind of free if you see advertisements and i have to say it's not that annoying compared to youtube because youtube always makes ads between the videos now you know 10 years ago no ad nothing it was just watch the video and done you know there maybe was a small ad on the right side but never cared about it but now they have those ads between between the videos and that's annoying you know some ads not a problem it's like five seconds and it's gone but some ads are very very long like five minutes or something so every time i do something try to repair something whatever and then comes the ad and you know it does not stop it just goes on and goes on and goes on and i have to skip it you know after five seconds you can skip it but you have to press it and that's really annoying you know and on spotify uh, they have ads like i don't know one minute or something like that every few um every few songs but you know it, it goes away so i can just you know listen to it and what i've noticed is youtube has so annoying ads like they just put in a music video and you have to listen to the video and even you don't like it you skip it and you don't like it, it comes again and again and again it's always the same i i hate youtube now so so yeah i'm very eager to see what the sampa will will be capable of doing and We'll test it uh, with uh, Falco, <laughs> maybe. But uh, there are also some, you know, high fidelity tests online, like 4K video and stuff like that with Dolby Atmos and stuff. I, I, I I'm surprised. Um, you know, I want to see what it will do. You know, I never had that. And just try it, and will be real crazy. The only thing is, you know, where to put this thing because it's really, really huge. It's like it's like really big, but yeah, we will see how it sounds and where can I put it and stuff like that, but I've used PayPal protection, so if anything goes wrong, I'm protected, but, you know, the guy sent me the tracking number and everything, so we'll be all fine, and it's just one year old, and so what, you know, saved bucks. Sometimes I like to buy used stuff because, you know, it's not that bad. Often people have a, a gift that they don't like or whatever. It's like in good, in good, you know, shape, in good condition, and just much, much cheaper than 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 you buy it new, you know. And what I've also noticed is people rip you off. It's it's real crazy, you know. I saw something in the store. It was two hundred euros, and I went home, searched it on the internet. And even with free shipping and everything, it was just half the price. It was 105 euros, I think. And then I subscribed to the newsletter and got 10 euros off. So I got it for 95 instead of 199. So below 100 instead of 200, you know. Even with free shipping and everything, you know. So I, it was much cheaper.
So yeah, I always compare prices, especially online, many codes and, and stuff like that, like, you know, free shipping, something like that, you always find something, or, yeah, so I, I really try to, to do that, and I also ordered some parts for the Nintendo Power Supplies, um, connectors and stuff like that, so also had like 6 euros off, I mean, why not? If you need it anyway, then you can take the advantage of, of using the codes, you know, and yeah, so that's, that's really good, and yeah, just wanted to say, often online shopping seems to be cheaper than going into the store, at least here in Austria, you often get ripped off in the store, seems like that. So yeah, my thinking was, you know, why should I now buy a, a cheaper soundbar for like, 300 or 200 and not the top model for like a bit more but you know it will have it for like 10 years or something like that you know so you know I thought why should I now you know just just not buy it because I thought it was a better value because you know the cheaper one is like 200 and you can get it at that price but okay but I thought if it's like 50% off of the top model, then I thought it's a better deal compared to, you know, in, in terms of saving money from the original price from the MSRP, but, you know, I, I did not think that the offer they made me on the cheaper one was good, so that's why. I should sell all my retro stuff. What do you think about it? Let me know what you think. One time... In my life, I will try to buy a Lamborghini. It will be real crazy, but... Yeah, that's... That's something I would like to, but of course it's not possible, but... I try. <laughs> so as we speak, I watched the news now, and they said uh, two people have... Good day. This is your good friend, Pearl Sagan. And you are definitely listening to you, man behind the machine. <laughs>